Hello, friends, and welcome to Sleep Tight Stories. In this episode, we are going to finish our latest story about Red, the transfer student. In the last episode, Red and the Solving a Mystery Club decided they needed to meet to figure out what happened to Mrs. Johnson. Red wasn't convinced anything was wrong until someone said they had seen people wearing black suits and sunglasses putting Mrs. Johnson into a black van. Will they be able to figure out what happened? The Transfer Student, Part 6 For Red, the afternoon of classes went by incredibly slow. None of the classes, even science, could hold her interest as she was constantly thinking about the after-school meeting with Rachel, Charlie, and Alexa of the Solving a Mystery Club. Why is it that time moves so slowly when you have somewhere else you want to be, thought Red. The idea that the AID might be involved with Mrs. Johnson's sudden departure from school occupied her thoughts. She really hoped her slight slip of the tongue was not the cause. These were good people, and she couldn't bear the idea that somehow she might be responsible for any kind of inconvenience because of what she said. Where might they have taken her? Surely not off-world. Or maybe it wasn't serious at all. Maybe they just drove up in a black van and invited her out to dinner for a talk. And the restaurant was so good, she couldn't say no. Or maybe, as Alexa said, we all just have an overactive imagination. I guess we will find out after school, she thought. The school bell finally rang and Red pulled out her phone to send her mother a message. I'm going to hang out with some friends right after school and won't be taking the bus home. Is that okay? That's so awesome, Red. I'm glad to see you are making friends, but how are you getting home? Red hadn't actually thought that far ahead. She took the bus for a reason. They lived across town but she figured she would work out the details later. Sorry, Mom, I hadn't thought of that. Don't worry, I'll send you a taxi with the app they use here. Okay. Love you. Me too. The meeting was at the far end of the sports field, underneath the oak tree. As Red walked around the field, there was what Red thought was called soccer practice going on. And Red could see Kurt, who was easy to spot as she was larger than everyone else, times two. Hey, Red, 
Tell the gang if you need help, I will be finished practice in an hour or so, yelled Kurt. Okay, Kurt, thanks. I'll let them know, Red said as she was walking by. As she was walking on the grass, walking towards the oak tree, she noticed that her sneakers were covered in mud. The ground was soft and muddy in places. Red really didn't like getting her sneakers dirty. Ugh. Charlie and Rachel were already there, waiting at the oak tree. This particular tree had been a meeting place for many students over the years, with the scars to prove it. Red noticed at least 12 different names carved into the tree. Hi, guys, said Red. Hi, Red. We are just waiting for Alexa. I think she had to talk to her math teacher after school about something. Did you guys run here or something? I thought I walked fast, said Red, who thought Charlie and Rachel seemed less athletic than even herself. The most athletic thing Red had done lately was run from the food that her brother Blue always seemed to be throwing. I think it helped that I helped Charlie put his shoes on properly, Rachel said with a laugh. Charlie just turned a couple shades of red. Hi, everyone, said Alexa as she arrived, a little out of breath. So what's next? Has anyone formulated a plan as to how we can solve this mystery? Red laughed to herself. In her excitement to get involved, she hadn't actually thought how they might go about finding where Mrs. Johnson might have gone, or if she had been kidnapped, or simply home with a cold. That's a good point, Rachel said with a smile. I guess we couldn't just call Mrs. Johnson on the phone or go and talk to the principal, Alexa asked. Talk to Principal Burke? Red said with a look of fear on her face. I thought we could start by going to Mrs. Johnson's house and see if she is there, said Charlie. Is it far? asked Red. No, not at all. She lives just a 10-minute walk from here, so we can go and investigate and then come back here to decide what to do next, said Charlie. And get picked up so I can get home for pizza, Alexa said as everyone was looking at her because her stomach was making loud noises. Sorry, I'm starving. I must warn you guys of one thing, Charlie said, capturing everyone's attention. Mrs. Johnson's house looks really creepy, he said, with the sound of fear in his voice. Ugh. Red, Alexa, Rachel, and Charlie walked toward Mrs. Johnson's house with Charlie leading the way. With his eyes concentrating on the map on his phone, Rachel would have to occasionally save him from walking into one of the many trees that lined the sidewalks near the school. Most of the houses in this neighborhood were small and close to the street. Red thought they were interesting, but she didn't like all the green. On Mars, the landscape was mostly butterscotch in color. Yum, at least to her eyes, which, though adapting to the sunlight here on Earth, were still not accustomed to all the different colors. 
There it is up ahead, Charlie exclaimed. That's her house, though it looks a little different than what Street View showed me. Mrs. Johnson's house was different than the others in the neighborhood, with a large front yard, white picket fence, and three stories. To Red's eyes, it looked more like a work in progress or a place that needed a great deal of work than something scary. On Mars, the scariest thing she had ever seen was when Blue got his diaper changed. Yuck. Looks like Mrs. Johnson's house might be popular at Halloween, Alexa said, especially with those third-floor windows. Is that a black cat in the upstairs window? Asked Charlie nervously. I think it's dirt on your glasses, replied Rachel. Okay, well, thankfully, it's not as creepy as you thought, Charlie. But what do we do next? I don't see a car in the driveway, so maybe Mrs. Johnson isn't home, said Rachel. I think we go have a look. Are we allowed to do that? I don't really know the rules here, but I wouldn't want anyone to be upset at us, asked Red. It will be fine. We'll just go up and knock on her door, and if she answers, make sure she is okay, said Charlie. You go first, Charlie, said Alexa. With Charlie leading the way, the kids walked up the walkway to the veranda that surrounded the front of her house. There were paint, cans, everywhere, and all manner of other things that Red could only assume had something to do with repairing the house. Nervous, standing in front of the door, Alexa asked, So who wants to knock? I don't want to. You do it, Red. What? Me? Okay, okay, I'll knock on the door, Red said nervously, while everyone else was standing back behind her. Red knocked softly on the door. Harder than that. Red knocked again, harder this time. The whole door seemed to vibrate. And they waited. And waited. No one came to the door. Charlie, where are you going? I'm just going to look in the window. Charlie, you can't do that, Alexa said as they all walked over to where Charlie was looking in the window. Are you sure Mrs. Johnson even lives here? There appears to be no furniture in the living room, and the place looks terribly messy, asked Red. Yes, I'm sure. I'm going out back. Charlie, be careful, Rachel said, as they all again followed closely behind Charlie. Is this the same boy I sit beside on the bus? Red thought to herself. Most of the yard looked well cared for, except for all the paint cans, ladders, and other supplies that were strewn about. Someone obviously lives, or lived here, thought Red as she cautiously followed the others a few steps back. Getting to the backyard, Charlie walked to a window and took a look inside. I don't see anyone inside. There are dirty dishes on the table and what looks like luggage in the doorway between the kitchen and the living room. But I don't see or hear anything, he said. 
Well, nobody's home. We should go then, Alexa said, as everyone looked again at her stomach as it made even louder grumbling noises. What? I'm starving. You're right. I guess we should, said Charlie, obviously disappointed. It still looks suspicious, said Rachel, as they walked together around to the front. I mean, the kitchen looked like she was attempting to leave in a hurry. There are those scary TV shows influencing you again, said Alexa, holding her stomach. As they walked past the front door and started down the walkway, Red noticed something. The front door looked different. Hey, guys, she said. Wasn't the front door closed when I knocked? Yes, Rachel said. It looks open now, said Alexa. Okay, uh, now this is getting spooky. Maybe we should take a look, said Red, now walking back to the front door. Yeah, Red, why don't you go knock on that door again? I'll stand back here and watch, Alexa said. We should all go, Charlie said, gently pushing Alexa along as they all went up to the veranda. I see movement inside. Everyone froze. What is it? Charlie asked. I can't see anything. That's because your glasses are all fogged up, silly. I think the wise thing to do is to leave, you know, just in case, Alexa said as she and everyone slowly backed away from the door. As they turned around and started to pick up their pace, a loud voice asked, What are you kids doing here? Upon hearing the voice, Red almost jumped out of her socks. But like the others, she stopped and turned around to see Mrs. Johnson at the door. I thought I heard a knock at the door. Luckily, I came back to shut it. This old door never seems to close properly, or I might have missed your visit. What's up? asked Mrs. Johnson. It took a moment for the gang to settle themselves. Charlie's glasses were completely fogged up. Rachel's face looked gray, and Alexa's stomach was making even louder noises. Um, you weren't in school today, and we thought we would come and check on you. There was no car in the driveway, and, well, we, uh, were just leaving, said Red with a hint of nervousness in her voice. Oh, aren't you kids sweet? I'd invite you in for milk and cookies, but I'm afraid my house is a terrible mess. I've been renovating this house ever since I moved in two years ago, and I don't think I will ever finish. We tried to call first, but, oh yes, my phone. Oh, my line always seems to have some problems. I'm afraid I don't know much about these new fangled gadgets and I just haven't had the time to go to the shop to sort it out. We teachers are super busy, you know, she said with a twinkle in her eyes. But I um, heard a rumor that you had to go away somewhere and Mr. McCaskill hasn't been around. Going away somewhere? Mrs. Johnson said to herself. She thought for a minute what crazy stories these kids could have heard. And then she remembered 
seeing Rachel outside her office after her meeting with Principal Burke. Ah, I know. Look, Rachel, I think you might have overheard something and misunderstood. Principal Burke and I have known each other for years, and she is always trying to convince me to take a weekend off or a PD day or something, and I have always refused. It drives her crazy. But my life is teaching you kids and looking after this house. Though, I hope I do a better job teaching than I do renovating. Mr. McCaskill and I both recently won an award for teaching, and the award presentation is tomorrow in the big city. He left yesterday, and I wasn't going to bother to go. Teaching you crazy kids is enough of an award for me. But Principal Burke, in her usual loud manner, convinced me to go, even calling me a chauffeur, which she paid for. It took me the better part of today to prepare for the trip. I was just packing and getting set to leave for the airport. Sorry, kids. I truly appreciate you checking up on me. You're so sweet, but I must finish getting ready. My taxi will arrive any minute. I'll see you kids in school next week, Mrs. Johnson said as she turned to go into her house. What exactly was going on in these kids' minds, she thought. Okay, Mrs. Johnson, we are glad you're feeling well, Alexa said as she started to walk away, fearing that she might faint from lack of pizza. See you, Mrs. Johnson, Rachel said. See you, Charlie said as he walked away with his head down. I was convinced that this was a serious case for us to solve. Look at the bright side. We did work together to solve a case, and thankfully it all worked out for the best, said Red. I still think you guys watch too many scary TV shows, Alexa said, picking up the pace as they walked back towards the school. As they were walking along the sidewalk, Red thought to herself about how silly she had been, thinking that something as simple as this could involve the AID. Like it was some grand conspiracy or something. Maybe I was wrong about them all this time. As they continued walking, Red noticed via the reflection in a car window, a black car driving slowly off in the distance with two large figures inside wearing sunglasses. And that's the end of this episode. Good night. Sleep tight. <laughs>